Genesis chapter 6, verses 9 through 22. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark, and finish it to a cubit above, and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. Two of every sort shall come into you to keep them alive. Also, take with you every sort of food that is eaten and store it up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. So Kevin, Kevin Michael Powell, we're talking about the flood. We're talking about Noah and his family. I, I'd like to start this thing off with a question I think a lot of people have. Why Noah? Like of all the people on the earth, how did Noah manage to not only be a righteous man and develop this incredible walk with God, but I mean, to the point where God's like, hey, I'm going to flood the whole earth except for you and your family. Like, does the text actually give us any clues as to why Noah? Who is this yeah. guy? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting, but so today we're really, we're going to go over Noah and the flood. So we're, we're in Genesis six, but we're really, we're starting from nine all the way down to the end of the chapter. Right. But yeah. I think the beginning of this question Backs yeah. up one verse. Ah, to Genesis 6, 8. 6, 8. All right. What does that say, Kev? It says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Ah, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That must be, what is that, the NLT you're reading? This is the ESV. And there's, the, well, this actually is the King James Version. Oh, no kidding. So they translate favor as grace that's sort of a yeah okay all right yeah. i'm cool with it and then yeah 
so Beasters, I like uh, we were just talking about before we started recording this, the different translations that I normally read are either the NLT or the ESV. I go back and forth. But what's yeah. interesting, I was reading some commentaries and this is really one of the first times in the Bible where we're talking about like God's grace on somebody. Mm, as far his as favor. His favor is this yeah. verse and it's and it's with Noah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think How about that, that? That that's where that's where this starts. So but so why did God find favor in Noah? You know, I think that's the, yeah. that's the question we're asking here. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, before we before we go there, what's the context of that of that verse? But Noah found favor. Like, what, what what's surrounding that? It's uh, oh. it, it's God saying He's going to flood the earth, obviously. And right before it says, "But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord." Yes. The Lord says. For I am sorry that I have made them. Yep. He's sorry that he's made earth and the creatures in it. That uh together with uh what what is it? It's Genesis six verse six, isn't it? And yes. the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth. Those That's those right. have got to be some of the saddest verses in the Bible. That's right. The Lord regretting that he made man on the earth. That's right. And so what's happening here is that, you know, it's interesting because we go on to read and it says this, these, so, so verse eight, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Then it goes, verse nine, these are the generations of Noah. And it's really like in other parts of the Bible, you see the generations, you'll see all the lineage. Yeah. You know? Right. There's really no lineage. It goes on to talk about Noah and his sons, but there's really no lineage of just generations yeah. of Noah. And so as I'm yeah. researching, I, all of this sticks out to me and I'm looking yeah. into all this. I'm like, so what are we trying to, like what point is trying to be made here? And this yeah. is something that you and I both talked about, Blake, is I think the Bible, I think the Lord is trying to say that God is making a point that Noah's genes, his DNA, yeah, they haven't been mixed with the Nephilim. Because what was happening, yeah. what you were talking about, how God regretted, you know, making the earth, making yeah. creation us people. Yeah. I think it's because the Nephilim, the the fallen angels were 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 mating with females, and then you have this Nephilim generation, the population coming up. Yeah. And I think Noah yeah. was the last of a pure generation that came from, you know, Seth and Enoch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, good. So, so, so you did touch on that. So it doesn't give us the generations of Noah past his three sons right here. It does that after the flood because it starts talking about the sons of Noah's sons. And then before this chapter in Genesis 5, we see where Noah came from. He's the son of Lamech the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, who is the one other like really, really righteous, righteous man that we read about post Abel, right? Right. So we've got Adam and Eve, we've got Cain and Abel, Abel's murdered by Cain, but then we see uh, the sons of Seth, this line comes up and from that line comes Enoch and then his great grandson, Noah. Enoch was so righteous that it says he didn't, he didn't see death. The Lord actually took him to heaven like yes. he did with the prophet Elijah. 
But to your point, Kevin, where we're picking up today in Genesis 6, 9, it says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Now, in English, we read that and we think, okay, blameless is like a qualifier for righteous, right? Righteous, blameless, blameless, righteous. Those are two distinct words in Hebrew. Well, obviously, they're two distinct words in English too. In Hebrew, the word righteous is the word sadiq, which it, it means righteous, just like it means to us today. The word blameless is a little, a little, little nuanced. In Hebrew, it's the word tamim. And you know what it is almost always talking about when it's used elsewhere in the Old Testament? What's that? A sacrificial animal that is without <laughs> blemish. Hmm. So actually, like to your point, it's talking often about the the genetic um, uncorruption of an animal. Wow. Or See? of something. Yep. So we've got in Genesis 5 and then in the beginning of 6, we've got these Nephilim on the earth. The sons of God are going into the daughters of woman. They're corrupting the earth. At the same time, God's looking at everything saying, I've regretted that I've made man. At the same time, violence is increasing. Immorality is increasing. But then we have Noah, who's not only righteous, but it appears that he's blameless. In, in other words, he is, he is unblemished genetically. Right. Now, a lot of scholars think that that's what it means. A lot don't. A lot just a lot just think that blameless is sort of a qualifier for for righteous, right? He's unblemished. That's right. Um, I don't know. I think it makes sense both ways, personally. Yeah, I I tend to believe. So before before you know this past week researching this and going over this and studying this, I just thought, hey, Noah was a good dude. You know what I mean? He's just a righteous man, good guy. Yeah, I tend to believe. And he, he yeah. was right. He was a righteous man. You know, he walked with God, but I also tend to believe that his DNA ma- makeup was not intertwined with the Nephilim. That's kind of where I stand. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah I, I think I agree with that. I think, I, I think, I think the same thing. Um, like not something I can, I can bet, bet my house on, but if I have to choose, like, what does this mean? When, why, why are righteous and blameless together stacked right on top of each other in the same phrase? Are, are they basically qualifying each other or are they, are they mentioning two different things? On the one hand, Noah's righteous. He walks with God. And on the other hand, he's also not corrupted That's in right. his genetics. I think it's both for Me sure. Too. Yep. Yep. So this all tie, like, so we did, the beginning of Genesis 6, last time we were in Genesis for this series beginnings, we did Genesis 6, 1 through 8, and we got introduced to the Nephilim. Now we're in Genesis 6, 9 to 22. And even though it starts off telling us about Noah, it's directly like this story of the flood that we're going to read and talk about today is directly connected and correlated with the Nephilim and the corruption that's on the earth, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I was, as I'm reading this and I kind of, and you see 
God and how he's just, he's regretful for making mankind. And you hear about all the evil going on in the world, which we already went through that, like just kind of pure evil that was happening. And, and, and Noah was like one of the, he was like one of the only good men left at this time. You know what I mean? I kind of think about today. This is where my mind went with that. And I was kind of thinking about today and everything going on with society. And I'm just like, man, like we as Christians, we're just like Noah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's not many righteous people left. Like, and and there's just so few of us could Christians compared to like the whole world population. Yeah. I just, I, I can, I can see why more and more being like Noah is starting to resonate with me. Yep. Well, I, it, dude, it's not an accident. And you know, in another series that we have going right now on that, you may know him, uh, that I am co-hosting with our buddy, Rich Russell called God Save America. We've been talking a lot about Noah because while that series is more focused on sort of end times and kingdoms and how do Christians contend for for, for, for the kingdoms of this world that we're a part of, but also stay focused on the, the kingdom that we're ultimately a part of, which is the kingdom of God. Um, we've been talking all about Noah because Jesus uses Noah as the example of how Christians are supposed to be in the last days. That's right. As the world is passing away and as everyone seemingly appears to be getting caught up in the drift, uh, you have to be like Noah. Even if the whole world is rebuking you and calling you crazy, here's this guy building an ark while everyone else is, is, is living their life more or less eating, drinking, and being merry. Uh, Noah's saying, hey, there's something coming, right. <laughs> and I'm going to be prepared for it. And I hope yeah. you guys will be too, but I can't yeah. control you. I can only control me. That's right. And you know, like we'll go on to see, the ark was huge, dude. This was a – Dude. This was – this this was no little boat like this was it's a life's work it's a life's work which means like people from all this was like almost like a skyscraper back in this time the size of it yeah so people are they can see this they're probably thinking what in the heck is this crazy man doing yep built by one dude and his sons yep uh before i mean this is before the age of of metals isn't it it is uh, so like, dude, th- this, this would have taken, well, we'll get to that. This was a massive project. It was massive. And yeah, just think, I was just thinking like, you know, one of our neighbors, uh, they, you know, they're building, they started building this huge concrete pad and everything. And then, uh, they start, they build a concrete pad cause they're, they, they rent out space for RVs, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. I remember when they're building things, what 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 do what were like myself and my father in law doing? We're we're peeking over the fence. We're being little nosy neighbors. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> it, it, it caught our attention, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then like every day when they're doing construction over there, probably just like my house, we have nosy neighbors. Yep. People are wondering what yep. well, what are those people doing over there? What are they what doing? Are they up to? But, we had neighbors that come into our house all the time to walk into our garage, wanting to peek around, you know, see what's oh, going yeah. on. I guarantee you there are people that were doing that. Like there were, there were oh, probably yeah. people nosy asking Noah, what are you doing? What's this? You know what I yep. mean? 
And what yep. think of, I was thinking about that, and I was like, man, they, they, they probably watched this guy build this thing, being nosy. They probably asked him questions. Yep. But in the end, none of, none of them had a change of heart. You know. That's right. That's right. So, Kev, especially like, you, yeah. if, if 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 you were up to something, and 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 neighbors know you at all. They're going to come over and be like, what's Kevin up to now? Oh, dude, you know, I, I'll let him in, bro. Hey, come on <laughs> in. I'll, I'll show you everything. You know what I mean? Right. So, yep, but also, yep. I, I'm that nosy neighbor, too. Like, I'll go, hey, what's this guy doing? I'll go talk to him. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you and me both are like that. Yeah, dude, uh, I, the New Testament says that Noah while he was building the ark was simultaneously preaching the gospel. Right. Now, is he preaching the gospel while he's building or is the building of the ark doing the preaching is building the ark an act in and of itself of proclaiming God's message. I think both, I think think Noah was telling people what was coming. And I think that God's message was being declared in the fact that he was building this massive ark and everybody could see it happening. Right. Everybody could see it happening. it, It was the type of conversation starters starter that I think would lead to a gospel message type conversation, you know? Yep. 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 Absolutely, dude. All right, Kev, let's talk about the arc. Let's get into it. Uh, But before we do that, uh, I'm going to just take a minute real quick to tell listeners about everything that we're doing here at That You May Know Him. So you're listening to the That You May Know Him podcast. This is one of our two main series that we're doing right now. This series is called Beginnings, and in this series, Kevin and I, every other Wednesday, go back and forth between Genesis and Acts. We're studying two books congruently, uh, and there's a reason for it, because when you study Genesis and Acts side by side, the beginning of creation and the beginning of the church, you start to really get a grasp on the whole story of Scripture, and one starts to really inform the other. So this series airs every other Wednesday, and we go back every few episodes between Genesis and Acts. Also, every other Friday, my buddy Rich and I do a series called God Save America, where we talk a lot about kingdoms, Bible prophecy, how do Christians contend for the countries that they live in, for the kingdom, but while staying focused on the kingdom, and what we're called to be focused on, which is the second coming of Christ. Of course, also, you guys know Kevin and I, usually every two to three weeks on Friday, do a current events podcast called Watchmen. And then, of course, every week or so, I release a new YouTube video answering some sort of Bible question. Please do check out the That You May Know Him YouTube channel. We've got a lot going on. We've got tons of content from the series that we do to the YouTube videos that we're making blog articles we're writing check out the that you may know him podcast tell your friends about it leave us reviews on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and thanks so much for listening and sharing it with others all right right. kev that's right all right kev so (laughs) genesis chapter six starting in verse 14 god says to noah make yourself an ark of gopher wood make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. It's breadth, 50 cubits. It's height, 30 cubits. 
make a roof for the ark, finish it to a cubit above, set the door of the ark in its side, make it with lower second and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth. Kev, let's let's talk let's talk layman's terms. Let's talk English. What in the heck is gopher wood? <laughs> Dude, I know, man. I have been on a journey trying to figure out what this gopher wood is. And uh there's no concrete evidence of what gopher wood is. Yeah, I know, man. I know. As someone who has done carpentry for a living, Kev, you and I did carpentry together yes. for years. Uh, doesn't it make you curious? Like when when you get dude, when I get to heaven, one of the questions I want to ask. What in the heck kind of wood was that arc made out of? Right. Because I want to know. Exactly. And, and like, so, do you know, my, the NLT translation says Cypress wood. And after reading commentaries and everything, I I, I don't think it's Cypress wood. I think gopher wood, Blake, you and I were just talking about this. I think it was just um, a pre-flood tree. Yeah. that after the flood wasn't around anymore. Yeah. I and yeah. I would almost in my opinion I would think that maybe this gopher wood this tree was made specifically for the ark, you know, who knows. Yep. It could have been, yep. you know, we we don't yep. know. Yep. Dude, um this is the only place in the Bible in the Old Testament which is in Hebrew originally. It's the only place that this word's used. It's literally the word. You know what the word is in Hebrew, Kevin? What is it? You know what the word for gopher is in Hebrew? It's the word gopher. (laughs) Literally, it's just a transliteration. It's gopher wood. Nobody knows what it is. I've read tons of scholars, commentaries. They're like, it's probably cedar. It's probably cypress. It's probably this. It's probably that. But everybody says the same thing. Nobody knows. Cedar makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, dude, who knows? I right. wish I knew. I don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah. There's nothing that, in history that gives us any indication. Dude, I know. It, it, it's probably just some good buoyant wood that could survive yep. a big flood. <laughs> yep. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, maybe it was like redwood or something. Who knows? Um, Okay, Kev, how big was the ark? People read this, 300 cubits, 50 cubits, 30 cubits. I'm sure there's translations out there that spell it out so instead of saying is, cubits. Yeah, this right. is why I What's turned to the NLT. So the NLT says, make the boat 450 feet long, 70 yeah. feet wide, and 45 hmm. feet high. Oh, huh, interesting. And how, wait, how high? 45 feet high. 45 okay that's right so dude i'm I'm a little confused uh i'm a little confused by the 70 feet wide it says yes. 70 feet wide 75 feet wide oh 75 okay there you go there you go sorry yep. sorry 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 yeah so a cubit is a foot and a half right yep. and this is whether you're reading old testament new testament so 300 cubits 450 feet long kev this boat was a football field and a half long. This is huge. Massive, dude. Massive. Built by one dude and his three sons. Uh, it's it's 75 feet wide. I just realized that is really wide. Dude, it's so wide. That's so almost thing, as wide as a football field is long. Yes. So this thing is, it's no, long? No, actually, 
No, it's not that wide. My bad. I was yeah. thinking yards. Yeah, it's wide, still wide though. Wide, feet. but not. It's high, but not crazy high. Yeah, forty-five feet high. I bet it was high for them though. Yeah. Well, I bet forty-five you know, feet was tall. I, I think a house, a house like a two-story house, is about twenty twenty-five feet. Your so average, double that. So it's, it's like, yeah. So it's like four are four stories pretty much, with yeah. attics and stuff. So yeah. It's like a big four-story house, I guess. I mean, dude, if you had 15-foot giants walking around, dude, <laughs> how, how hilarious would it be if Noah was recruiting Nephilim to help I him know. build this massive boat? I <laughs> then, know. I know, right? And he was like, hey, you guys want to get in with me? And they're like, nah, we're good. <laughs> All right. Oh, gosh, you shouldn't joke like it. Uh, no, it. so it's, it's 450 feet long. It's 45 feet tall, and it's, and it's 75 feet wide. Yes. That's big, dude. That's a big boat. And then what's really interesting is verse 16 says, leave an 18 inch opening uh, below the roof all around the boat. Oh my goodness. Is that what the NLT says? Yes. That NLT, they take so many liberties with their interpretation. (laughs) Okay. Let me tell you what the ESV says. And, and I read in a Gordon Wenham commentary, he's an, He's an excellent Old Testament scholar. This is the most difficult verse to translate and to understand in the entire flood narrative. It says in the ESV, and finish it to a cubit above. So finish it to a foot and a half above. It says make a roof for the ark and finish it to a foot and a half above. What is that? Oh, sorry. Tell me what it says in the NLT again. NLT says... um, Leave an 18 inch opening below That's the roof, it, yeah, all around the boat. That's what they said. Okay, so so leave like uh, that's about a foot and a opening. half. Interesting. And 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 what what some what some uh people think it means is not an opening, but just like a, like a little a little uh like cubby in there, in between the roof and the yeah. and the, and the top of the third deck. And you know what? It actually makes sense. Where do where do birds go? Like birds sleep under your eaves a lot. Like they, they, oh, they'll go and they'll make yeah. nests under people's eaves, right? Right. And crawl up in there, fly up in there. Um, I guess whether it's an opening or whether it's it's just like a little eave that's closed. I don't know. It's it was interesting because I was like, you know, what about like windows? Get yeah. air in there. Like, yeah. What type of circulation do they have going on? You're talking yeah. about you got some stinky animals in there, you know? Yeah, dude. Pooping, oh yeah, taking leaks Pooping. everywhere, dude. I bet yep. you the arch stunk. <laughs> I bet it did. Yep, dude. It would make sense that there's that there's a that there's an opening around. Yeah, I, that's I was like, pop. there has to be some type of ventilation, you know? There has to be. Like, I just think about when I put my dog in the car, dude. Like, if I don't crack the window within thirty seconds, he's he's about to pass out. Yes. Yes, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You got to crack that window and let him stick his oh, face man. out the window, or he's gonna just go. They love that. So. He he's gone. <laughs> yeah. So imagine, dude, like you got drafts walking around the first deck of the ark. They gotta stick their head up and get some air. Yeah, right. it makes sense. Right, it makes sense. Does it say? It doesn't really say how far apart the decks are. We do know there's 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 three decks. There's yeah, uh, it says that. There's a, a lower, middle, and an upper, but yep. like you're mentioning Three drafts, decks. so like 
the the first deck has to be pretty high. Yeah, I mean, or we're we talking got baby, three stories or we got here, baby right? Drafts. Who knows? Or we got baby drafts. Yeah, but but we are. I mean, when you hear decks, are you thinking like stories? What do you yeah. picture when you hear decks? Well, I'm, I'm a Navy guy, so uh, as someone who was in the Navy and was yes. on big ships, and someone who was a carpenter with yes. me for years, yes. what do you picture, Kev? I I paint the picture, dog. Yeah, so a. a Basically, a deck is kind of like a, it's just a different levels. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. That's what I think. I think about, you know, a space that can be, you know, from the floor to the ceiling, you got yeah. eight to 10 feet, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but with this and how being 45 feet, I imagine probably where the animals are, you're probably, you're probably about 15 feet. From from floor yeah. to ceiling, then who knows about the second deck and the third yeah. deck? You just kind of divide all that into the forty five. But me yep. being in the navy and then being on, I was actually on an aircraft carrier. You got some yep. big decks, you know. You got yep. you got the hangar deck, and the hangar deck you're you're filling it up with helicopters, jets, you know, yep. all sorts of different types of airplanes. I guarantee yep. you, just a hangar deck alone. Is probably 25, 30 feet from floor to ceiling. So yeah. that just goes to show you, like, I one of these decks is, is going to be, is, it has, is a pretty big space. Yeah. Yeah. So do you picture it as being four, do you picture it as being three stories or four stories? Like you, you walk into the, to the base level of the arc and then there's three decks above you or the base level is the first deck and then there's two above. There's, I, I picture it being, the you walk into base level that's the first deck yeah and right above that's the second deck then you got the third deck okay so in and let me ask you one more question do you picture the decks as being completely and fully solid because here's here's what i picture when i read that this thing's 75 feet wide i picture sort of like an oval shaped interior now dude this is just completely i don't know why i picture it this way i have no idea i just read the text and think about it. And this is what I imagine. I could be totally wrong. I probably am influenced by like artwork and stuff too, more than I know. Although I've never seen it, an artistic depiction of the inside of the arc. Have you? Yes. No, I haven't. I haven't. So but I, I picture you walking to the, yeah. to the arc experience though. They have, dude, like this, I want to go so Indiana bad or something like that, wherever it is. Is it Mississippi? No, it's Kentucky. It's Kentucky. It's Kentucky. Yeah. Kev, we got to plan that dude. I know we should totally go. <laughs> should we, should we take, Take the wives and the kids or leave them behind and go by ourselves. Let's just go by ourselves. Don't <laughs> hey, honey, if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you stay at home with the kids for a week. I'm gonna go to the Ark Experience in Kentucky because they oh. wouldn't love that. Uh so I picture you walk in and the decks are above you and they go around the perimeter of the ship, but it's not like three solid levels. Like I can walk in and look up. And see all the way up to the third deck. Is that is that does that make sense? Yes, yes. Do you picture the same thing, or do you and picture three solid decks? I I picture it very much. How I picture a boat in the navy. You got yeah, some big main big <laughs> big main spaces, right? Where you got some open area, but then you got yep. like rooms around the open area. You know, right. So the middle is always kind of an open area. And then 
and then right. off to the sides, you got you got your your living spaces or your whatever type of spaces. You know, yep. you got your yep. your stables and everything for the animals and whatnot. Yep, yep. Now it talks also about um, it talks about little rooms, doesn't it? Where did I see that, Kev? Where is that? Rooms or cubbies? It's uh, compartments. Where is that? Behold, I will destroy. Make yourself an ark. Make room. Oh, duh! It's right there at the beginning of verse fourteen. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. Yep. So, Kev, that's translated rooms in ESV. Do you know what it is in the in the NLT? What's that? The word rooms in verse fourteen. Make yourself an ark of gopher word. Make rooms in the ark. Verse fourteen. Oh yeah, I see it right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? How do they translate that? So mine says, this is why I was confused. It says, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout stalls. its interior. Okay. Stalls. Yep, yep, yep. So that's the word kinim in Hebrew. And it, it could be rooms. It, it honestly more literally is compartments or even nests. Ah, nests. interesting. So it could be compartments with nests. Now, now yes. we're getting into thinking about not only did Noah spend all these years building this ark, not only did he get in it with his family and take two by two animals, dude, they were in this thing for a period of time and he had to care for all these animals. We're yeah. talking a lot of animals. We're talking, right. what can you imagine? Giraffes, elephants, lions, tigers, bears. We don't often think about this. There's all sorts of Jewish midrash, which is like ancient Jewish commentaries on scripture that there's all these stories about like Noah and his family taking care of the animals, how they did it, the feeding schedules, uh, you know, Noah having an incident with a bear who was hungry and wanted his breakfast and he tried to attack Noah while they were on the ark. You can just imagine life would have been hectic in this massive boat with all these oh, yeah. animals. Not only is the earth it's flooding a, outside, it's a but floating, floating farm. It's a floating farm zoo, dude. It's a farm zoo, yes. With everything all enclosed. I mean, you can see why it had to be massive. Right. Um, but also when you're talking about like every kind of animal on the earth, you can see that it would be, even though it's big, it wouldn't seem that big. It could be pretty hectic in there. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. And so, you know, one thing I like verse 21 and be sure to take on board enough food for you and your family and all the animals, you know, yeah. I, I'm just thinking, man, so not only is Noah building an ark, yep. but for all this time, he's had to build the ark plus start doing a stockpile for his food. Yep. It yep. wasn't just building the, building the ark, it's collecting yep. food as well. Like yep. that's dude, that's, that's a right. lot of that's a lot of stuff to take care of. That's a lot of stuff, Kev. That's a lot like, of stuff. All right. Like, yeah. Noah went through the ringer. <laughs> he went through the ringer, which brings up a really important question that I have to ask you now. But before I ask you, I'm going to tell you uh I think that on our next edition of Beginnings, which will be in 2 weeks from today, we should just revisit this same passage. And we should talk about the theological questions that we're not going to have time to get to today. 
Yes. Um, because they're here at the bottom. We'll save them for next episode. And we'll also talk about maybe some of these traditions um, that are extra biblical. Uh, some of these stories from Jewish Midrash commentaries about how Noah and his family cared for the animals. But for now, today, to wrap up this episode, I got to ask you the question. Since you're talking about not only building the ark, gathering the animals, getting all the food for the animals. Dude, do you think that Noah and his family were cooking in there? I don't know. I got to ask you this, though. How long did it take Noah to build the ark? Does the text say how long it took? I think most people have an answer that they throw out because they've heard it. Right. What, what say you? Uh, my whole life. Yep. Up until a week or two ago, I always thought 120 years. This podcast that was, is a bad influence on you, man. Yeah, that that was the number <laughs> only, always being thrown out to me. And where yeah. does that come from, Kev? It, it 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 comes from the beginning of this of Genesis six, yep. where, where God says, "In the future, their normal lifespans will be no more than 120 years." But uh, some people think in different translations that God is talking about from the, from that point when he was talking to Noah about the flood and building the ark is that there was only 120 years until the flood would come. Right. Right. So, so here's, here's what happens. Genesis six, which is the story of God telling Noah to build the ark begins not with God telling Noah to build the ark. It begins with the story of the, the the decline of humanity, the invasion of humanity by the sons of God, the Nephilim, all that, and the and the and the accelerating wickedness that's happening on the earth. It starts even before that by God saying, "The Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is flesh; his days shall be numbered a hundred and twenty years." Yes. Somehow, this tradition was built up that said Genesis six three hundred twenty years is talking about. Uh, the amount of time from when God told Noah to start building the ark to when the flood came. Yep. It doesn't say that at all. No. That's and not what it's talking about. Okay, sorry. My, go ahead, Kev. Yeah, no, my whole life, that's what I thought. And then I was so shocked when I realized there wasn't a, a specific number attached to this. Right. So a lot of people speculate anywhere from around 55 to 120 years. Yep. Yep. And speaking of the Ark experience in Kentucky, the ministry that that built that place called um, Answers in Genesis has an article by the name of how long did it take for Noah to build the Ark? And they go through some of the actual data that we are given in Genesis 6 about how old Noah was um, when he started building, how old he was when he had his sons, when he started having sons. And they have a whole like actual um, like grid table on their website in this article. They think it was, how long do they think it was Kev between 75? No, yeah. Between 55 and 75 years, right? Yeah, 75 at the years. most based yeah. on when he had kids because his sons were helping him. Right. Right. And, and, and they were born after he was 500, but he was 620 when they all got in the ark. That's right. So in order for them to grow up, get married, and then be able to help him, because 
when God first gives Noah the instructions, take your sons and their wives and build an ark, they already appear to be adult or at least old enough to, to, to have been married. So right. 55 to 75 years. Yep. That's what I think it was about. I would have, I mean, we I don't know. It's, but the, it's the tail end. I I would imagine it's the tail end. The, the 70 plus years for sure. Can you imagine working on one project for 75 years? Oh my goodness. I, I mean, what kind of stuff did we build together over the years? We built sheds. We built, we built big arbors. We, we never built a house from the ground up. We, we, we remodeled a lot of houses. Yes. Can you imagine working on one project for 75 oh, years? Oh my goodness. Dude, that's crazy. <sighs> Just think like the, the toll hunt on his body. And then after yeah. that, to basically yeah. become a zookeeper, you, you spend years and years and years. Then you become a zookeeper, yep. which is no easy job. We've watched a we've watched a zoo on the on the animal planet. I see what those guys go through. Uh-huh. It's no easy job, you know. Uh huh. Isn't there a movie called We Bought a Zoo or something like that? <laughs> yes, with Matt Damon. About a family that that buys a zoo. Oh, Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Okay, I shouldn't have gone there. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So seventy five years of building an ark, planning food, storing food, and then. He becomes a zookeeper. And then Kev, we have, I mean, we're going to get here eventually in Genesis. Then all kinds of stuff goes down yes. after the flood, bro. Yes. Yes. And it's not good. And, and humanity repeats it's, it's, it's quick decline into depravity, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, dude, for an arc this big building by hand, no electricity, no power tools, maybe right. not even any metal. Dude, think about it. Every, Every joint would have had to have been joined. Like there was, he did. He wasn't pumping nail. He didn't have his framing no. nail and his no. compressor. You know, no. his Makita compressor fired up, right. firing framing nails into that thing. Sixteen pennies. So, <laughs> dude, it would have taken a long time. It would have taken a long time. You know, it. And I'm like trying to. Here I am, and I'm thinking like, okay, Lord, what what can be? What are you teaching me through this story? Yeah. You know, and I was thinking to myself, because I, I'm going yeah. through a home remodel right now, and there's a lot of days I don't want to mm-hmm. do it. There's a lot of mm-hmm. days where I, I, I'm actually, it's, there's, it's been weeks where I'm just over it. You know what I mean? You feel like but, throwing a little temper tantrum, huh? Oh, dude, it, it's happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, but I know I, it has to get done. You know, yeah. I just... I. Noah knew a flood was coming. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. He knew he had to get it done. Yeah. I just, I, I wondered what his attitude was like. Yep. Like for me, you know, I want to get into the house. You know what I mean? But this house yep. is not a life or death situation. Yep. Noah knew he was going to be in a life or death situation. I yep. wonder if that was motivating day in and day out to get it and yep. get in and work and, and work yep. obedient for the Lord, knowing that through him, you know, he was the person God had entrusted to carry on generations for the rest of the world. If he had, a, yep. I guarantee you, I know it might not have been easy, but I guarantee you his attitude was probably way better over the 75 years, whatever it took him. Yep. 
versus my yep. attitude working on my house for the last year. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Oh, dude. Noah definitely had a better attitude than you do. <laughs> You're speaking no, I'm some kidding, truth kidding. right there. I'm, <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. Dude, think about this. When it says that Noah was a righteous man and he found favor with the Lord, how much do you want to bet that that 75 years roughly of faithfulness day in and day out building 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 right planting gathering you know uh taking on animals how much do you want to bet that that 75 years of day in day out faithfulness made him even more righteous had and, to and and to find more favor cuz god as noah is building and refining his ark god is building and refining noah That's through right. long suffering through yep. patience, through endurance, through all the things that the New Testament looks back on the, the the great faithful people of the Old Testament and says, Hey, you believers in Jesus should be like them. Right. And you have a you you have a massive advantage because you have this thing called the Holy Spirit. That's right. So look at their example and be better. <laughs> that's right. And, I mean, and, seriously, I'm, man, I'm going to say it, but that, that's good stuff right there, dude. <laughs> that's good stuff right there, bro. All right, Kev. Good one, man. Any last words? No, that was, that was awesome, man. I, I, I love reading books in the Bible where I it yep. can create images in my head and I can actually yep. paint a picture when I'm reading. Yep. The Noah story is one of those and I love it. Yep. Me too. Me too. We've been talking about Noah so much on that. You may know him recently between the other <laughs> series, God Save America and this one. It's like, he's, this he's, is like the season of Noah. Yeah, He's like our mascot right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. It makes me want to go find an artist and ask him to draw a picture of the inside of the ark because right. I can't draw. I've never seen it, but yeah, no, it's good stuff. So Lord, we thank you for your, for your faithfulness to open our eyes to the truth of your word. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, how you're using scripture to stir us up and how God you're using it to draw us into not only greater revelation of truth, but a greater revelation of you and our relationship with you. And Lord, we just pray that this podcast and this episode and this, whatever bit of, of knowledge and understanding was gleaned from it is used to draw people into a deeper sense of knowing you right. and loving you and wanting to serve you even more. And so thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. All right, Kev. God bless you, brother. Thanks for God this one. It was you, a good man. one. Yep. Love you, you guys. You too. And thanks so much for listening. To that, you may know him. Stay blessed, live loved, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review and telling your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and check out our website for tons of free, biblically-based content like Bible studies, devotionals, articles, and Bible teachings. The That You May Know Him podcast is produced by That You May Know Him Ministries, Durham, North Carolina. You can visit our website at thatyoumayknowhim.com.